Peace, family. Happy Sunday. Welcome back to season two, episode one of Air the Fuck Out. You heard that right. Season two. You know you are doing something right when you come back for season two. I just want to send a big shout out to every listener and supporter. Thank you to everyone who has spread the word, shared a post, shared the podcast, and cultivated those hard conversations. Shout out to all 12 countries for listening. I would not have the motivation or the inspiration to keep going if it were not for you all. I hope that last month was great to you. And if not, that's okay. We have a fresh start to get it right. Keep in mind that this is not your traditional podcast. It's not going to be politically correct. Nevertheless, let's get it. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Queen Smoke. Many of you may be wondering why I chose a podcast as my platform. To keep it real with you, I don't want to be looked at. I want to be listened to. I know that if I got your attention, that I can get into your mind. Now, I'm going to need all the bitches, all the niggas, and all the bitch niggas to leave the building. Because it's time to air it the fuck out. Today we're going to talk about burning bridges and how it affects the black community in 2023. Welcome back to season two, episode one. Kicking off this episode, I have with me Big Blinks and Ray Ray. Getting straight into it. To burn a bridge means to destroy one's past, connections, reputations, opportunity, etc., particularly and intentionally. So you say and do things that reduce any possibility of returning to the previous state of the relationship. It's an acknowledgement that the connection has been broken, leaving little or no chance of reconnecting on that level. So first things first, have you ever burned a bridge? Probably, most likely, but nobody, I I don't remember nobody has like, brung it up to me to the point where like, like it was bad or anything. I would say no, but as Big Blink stated, um, nobody ever brought it to my attention, but I feel like how I was raised, I was just raised on honesty and the truth, so. Yeah, absolutely, I feel like I, I can speculate and said I burned a bridge, but I'm a very direct person, so I can't read anyone's mind. And if the relationship changed in any way, I'm kind of the person, if you have to cut me off, that's fine. I'm not going to beg like anybody to be around. So if I have burned a bridge, like the best way to get me to even acknowledge it or amend it is to tell me what I did wrong or, you know, why the relationship was severed. But they said intentionally, I don't think I ever did anything intentionally to break or ruin a relationship. I don't think I've ever done anything maliciously to, you know, ruin a relationship. It says doing it intentional. Intentional. You know, you can never bounce back, but you're still going to act out or, you know, destroy that path, that connection, that relationship. <clears throat> Has someone ever burned a bridge with you? Yes. A whole lot of motherfucking bridges. <laughs> um, a whole lot. A lot of people I don't talk to. So, yep, they burn bridges with me and they can never come back into this bridge. Sadi. I agree. I feel like many people burn bridges with me. And I feel like growing up, my mom always taught me signs, you know what I mean, to look for. And people where it was like, I feel like maybe they didn't get a chance. I don't look close enough to burn a bridge, you know. For an example, in high school, it was two girls, uh, me and my older sister, the one right above me, you know, we were in the same science class. And it was two girls that sat in front of us and she was like, oh, 
why you guys don't do this or do that, you know, hang out with us. And it's because I'm like, I seen you and your quote unquote best friend getting to it over a dude. You know what I mean? So I'm like, certain things like that. I'm like, I never think I let people that close because I have my siblings and stuff, you know, my sisters. So I really didn't need nobody else. I know that many people have burned bridges with me. And also, Ray Ray, as you mentioned, not you, I've seen people burn bridges with my parents. And as a child, you have big emotions that you can't process those, you can't put them into feelings. So I think as an adult, the misconception with myself is that I'm mean or I've changed, but really I've just adapted boundaries. To be around me, you have to act a certain way, you have to be a certain way, you have to carry yourself a certain way because I'm very calm. <clears throat> I've mastered my anger, you know, which I had a lot. I think everybody deals with anger. But to learn how to master your emotions and your anger and self-regulate is something that a lot of grown people can't do. And so for me, the work that it took to get to a sense of serene and a sense of peace, no one can mess with that. And as soon as I feel like they're, it's like a pot of water. I want to be cold all the time. As soon as I feel like you turn the, the fire on and I'm boiling, I don't want you around because you're taking me somewhere that I don't want to go. And if I have to go there, I don't want you around me because that's not the person I am to let somebody take me from zero to boiling. And if you bring that out of me, or if that's if that's something that you constantly have a problem with controlling, I don't need you around me because you're going to make me lose my life or lose my freedom dealing with someone like you or dealing, you know what I mean? So I can't be around that. Um, why do you guys think that it's so easy for people to burn bridges? Um, because they don't care. They don't respect you. Um enough to know like what you're gonna do um I feel like we teach people how to treat us you know and some people they don't want to I guess not fall in line but agree with that you know they don't want to respect your boundaries that you have so I feel like we see the potential when I'm not who they are who they're showing us you know so for me personally um, my first partner, I see the potential, 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 you know, even 11 years later, still seeing the potential when I had to wake up and realize, no, that's it. It's over with, you know, it's not just one bridge burnt. It's like, okay, burn the bridge. And it's like, I'm the one who's rebuilding it back. Okay. Now you can come across. So it's like how I let that person treat me. I feel like, you know, maybe we try to see the best in them when they're showing us the worst and we have to take the blinders off and realize, which I finally did. Like, it's not right now maybe in another lifetime you know so I feel like that's it we teach people how to treat us but sometimes we lower our boundaries or our standards to try to see the potential in them I also think with why it's so easy for people to burn bridges especially depending on how close they are to you if you're a good person they know that you're gonna forgive and if you rooted in like how I grew up rooted in church rooted in religion rooted in faith and rooted in turn the other cheek I feel like you you sometimes adopt this thing of, well, turn the other cheek or it's forgive, 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 because that's what would Jesus do, you know what I mean? But it ends up becoming that you let so many people mistreat you and misuse you and they can come back. Like, you're, you become disposable. You become a withdrawal, like a bank, you know? They're not depositing anything, but they're withdrawing all your energy, taking everything from you, and you don't get it back. So when do you say enough is enough? When do you establish a fence around your heart and around your life? So I think a good film that shows an example of burning the bridge and then needing that person again is portrayed in Tyler Perry's Diary of a Mad Black Woman. It's played by actor Steve Harris. He plays Charles, a lawyer married to Helen, played by Kimberly Elise. Helen is shocked when after 18 years of marriage, 
her husband Charles, Charles announces that he's ending their marriage. So he puts Helen's, um, her mother Myrtle in a nursing home. He's shacking up with Brenda. He offers to leave Helen the house and $2,000 a month. Charles is a lawyer by occupation and he ends up getting shot and paralyzed by a client. So Brenda chooses to leave Charles with Helen saying that she's not a caregiver. In the marriage, Charles has been both physically and verbally abusive to Helen when they were in private. So although Charles burned the bridge, Helen, who was still hurt and angry, you know, sad, confused, decided to forgive Charles. And I think that's a, a theme in a lot of people's lives, whether relatives, whether coworkers, you know, you work your butt off for a job and they don't really show your appreciation. So when it's time for you to move on, that's when they're like, oh, we do appreciate you. Like even in a relationship, you know, you do right by a person they can't do right by you as soon as you choose to leave that's when they want to get their stuff together so it's just like a lot of situations that i feel like a lot of people don't ever really like you know tying back to like burning a bridge don't want to own up to it don't want to fess up to it and really don't want to acknowledge that they've done something wrong i feel like with that situation with charles and helen was a situation where um charles felt like he can do something and it's nothing that's gonna karma's not gonna come back to him a short amount of time after that karma came right back to him what goes around comes around that's real you need to stick by it he did all that got a new girl thought it was cool kicked her out they kicked his wife out the house had her out had her to where she had to sleep places that she didn't want to sleep because of the decision that he chose to make when you got paralyzed and the, the the other girl the side girl left she went back to living her regular life and you wanted your wife back she started treating him the way he treated her. He was drowning in the tub, bubbling. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that. And as and as, and as a point, like when I was little watching, I was like, "Day, that is messed up." But then, I, and when I had to think about it, I'm like, "That's not messed up. That's just karma coming back around, doing you how you did me. Now you in a wheelchair, and you can't get around, and you think I'm gonna come back and be the same person I was before. No, <laughs> you're gonna be bubbling and drowning for a couple of days. No, stopped up. It's okay because you gotta feel that you have to feel where you came from. Now you want to. Now you paralyzed, telling me sorry. Well, you could have told me sorry. You, years ago months ago i feel like people need to know boundaries that's boundaries you need to know you need to know where you messed up at and i feel like coming to that conclusion is that people don't want to feel shame and they don't want to feel guilt because to have to sit there in your shame and sit in your guilt that's not that's a horrible feeling even for me like with you know uh queen smoke like i used to always be like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry just to always you know what i mean make it easy and, and make it short. But I had to come to the terms like, you know what, no, I'm sorry, because I'm not, you know, sometimes I'm wrong. I had to come to that, but to sit in that shame and that guilt, it's not comfortable. You know what I mean? It's like sitting in mud, but you have to learn from it and nobody want to do that. So it's easier just to be like, no, it's not me, it's you. You know what I mean? It's not me, I'll put that on you. And then like she said, Charles did Helen so wrong, like you drug her out that house. You did all this when you were standing tall. You know what I mean? But it took you nearly to drown and realize, see your life flash before your eyes to be like, I'm sorry. And you still struggle with saying that she's drowning. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. And that's what made her snap. Like, okay, this is still the wrong thing to do because I probably would have let you drown. And I feel like coming back to my own personal life, like Ray Ray said, sending your own guilt don't feel good. When you know you're wrong, it doesn't feel good. But me personally, I don't like to go to sleep knowing I'm mad at somebody. I don't like to go to sleep. I say a lot of things that I don't mean. And I don't like to go to sleep feeling like, dang, I messed up. I'd rather just say sorry. <laughs> I'd rather just apologize because that's going to make me feel better. Regardless if you forgive me or not, at least I said sorry. At least I said I apologize 
for what I said or what I did. And a lot of people that's come back to accountability. A lot of people don't like that. Don't they can't do that. They rather just do what they did and be like, oh, forget them. It's them. They're gonna live with it, or they did this to me, or one day they, they can't be mad forever. No, I can't be mad forever. Fifty years from now, I can be mad. You can't tell me how to how to feel and how I took that. We're all different how to process things and typically in the black community it's always a very a denial of your feelings or you they want to make your big feelings feel so small like you overreacted or like you're doing too much or like the punishment that you're giving to them is like so extra why you acting like that with me oh you're fake you're being fake that's not who you really are oh you don't know like i am a person that respects my boundaries i'm a person that wants peace you know can't nobody tell you you're wrong for, for enjoying your own company. Can't nobody tell you you're wrong for enjoying your own peace, you know? It's this phrase that goes on in the in the black community, that's still your family though, you know? That's still your mama though. That's still your daddy though. That's still granny though. You know, it's almost seems like I said that as, as if your feelings do not matter more than being family. Like what's family if you can't correct them? What's family if you can't tell your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, your mother, your father, yourself? I always say check yourself before anybody else can check you. But what's, what's the point of being family if you're gonna allow these toxic behaviors, these generational curses to perpetuate, these, this physical violence amongst family, this, you know, one-sided story, gossip. Like, when are you, who gonna check you? Who gonna stop you? Because it's like, it spreads like a disease and the negativity always is quicker than the positivity. That's why I feel like in a lot of black families, it's a, it's a lack of accountability. Everybody went away to tell us the funeral where everybody down on their luck and there is great big mama funeral now everybody want to oh we should get together oh we, you know family got to be family like why do we got to wait till this devastation when it's a lot of milestones that people have and nobody want to go to those you know what i mean that's true um yeah i feel like that's true because just like you said though and even when they be like oh we're family we got to get together we should do this it's like nobody ever catches up you know what I mean? Nobody ever sticks true to what they say. It's like, it's the next funeral and then the next funeral. And then it's like, pretty soon nobody's left. You get to the point where it's just like, you create your own family because you have to, you know what I mean? It's like, why have the stress? And even with your own family and with blood, I had to grow up and I had to realize like, just because we blood don't mean we get along automatically because you know, sometimes you have to agree to disagree. And family is who you make it because some people in your family, even though they blood, it's like they don't, they don't, you know, they don't match right. They don't match right. Whether it's religion, politics, whatever, you know, but it's just like it comes down to the moral. They be like, oh, you think you're better than us. Or, I, I never understood that. But I'm like, OK, when you keep trying, keep trying. My sister, she made the point to keep trying, keep going to the parties, keep going to the, you know what I mean, uh, anniversaries or whatever people used to have, you know. And then she asked me, like, why don't I go? And then finally she realized, like, OK, when we go. And we support, they don't support us back. So it's like family is who you make it because once the bridge is burned, it's just like, what's the point? They get upset at you for setting up for yourself. Like finally I'm setting up for myself. Finally I'm setting my boundaries and you think I'm playing. Personally, I don't live my life by that's my family. That's my friend. I live my life by who, who respects me and who can, who shows accountability to me? Who who can apologize? Who can say sorry? Who don't burn bridges? My family can be a, a person. My fam my family can be somebody I knew in less time than my real family. They can respect me. <laughs> the people I'm around every day. That's my family. I, I my family is who I choose to make it. Um, like just like Ray Ray said.
when you speak up for yourself, when you say, I don't like this, this don't feel good, this is not right, you're being disrespectful, you can't speak up for yourself. We're all adults, we can all talk, we all have we all have mouths. Some people choose other ways to deal with it. I, I, I like to talk about it. Let's sit down and talk, let's see what we went wrong, we can be best of friends today. A lot of people can't do that. That's where it goes back to people rather just burn bridges and forget it. They'll talk to me one day, if they don't, I don't care. That's not the attitude that we should choose to have. That's why I make my family who I'm around. Who I choose to be my family, that can be my friend at work, that can be a person, that can be a stranger that I just met two months ago, that can be my family more than my real family. I feel like communication is confrontation. Like nowadays, you know what I mean? That just came to me because I'm like, just like how she said, I like to talk it out. You come into somebody and you want to just have a simple conversation. No animosity, no nothing. You just want to clarify. And they be like, oh, who are you to come to me? And it's like, well, that's how I was raised. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't want to hear no hearsay. I don't want to hear this girl told me that, this man told me that, the boss told me this. I'm going to come to you because I want to be, you know, clear and clarify it. And they be like, oh, who are you to tell me this? And sometimes people mistake clarification as being disrespectful, clarification as who you think you talk like beef. They clarification exactly, is beef. Right. Exactly. Clarification shouldn't be beef. Clarification should be uh, two adults sitting down and communicating and knowing what they're talking about and be like. If a lot of people talk and, and clarify things, so the world would be different. We would none yeah, of us would be the way exactly. none of us would be the way we are. But sometimes people be like. For example, Queen Smoke can say something to me like, oh, Kim, don't do that, or Kim, I didn't like the way you did that. If I jump up and be like, stupid B, I'll fight you right now for what? When I could be like, yeah, you're right, you, you're right. I should've never did that, I should've never said that. We can solve it right there, but clarification is taking this, kind of like you disrespect who you're talking to. You can't tell me that. And even in black families, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hearsay in black families, you know? So like, oh, a cousin will tell another cousin, or a sister will tell another sister. In my household, the father that I had that raised me, you can't do nothing but take off what you mad at. So it's not about, me. I would even try to tell and snitch on my siblings to my dad and he'll be like, go talk to your sibling. I would try to tell my mom, like, mom, they're bothering me. And I'm the oldest of six, you know? So I'm the older one trying to be the peacemaker. Oh, mom, they're bothering me. She'd be like, well, you gotta go work it out. And I'm like, work it out. But like, I can't stand her right now. Or I can't stand him right now, you know? So going to my siblings, we had to learn how to articulate very early on. There's so many siblings in the household communicating with your parents, you gotta speak fast, you know? And it, it became camaraderie in my household. Like, we, we moved together as a unit, everything was discussed. Uh, trying to, you know, we did start off keeping, putting our hands on one another, like abusively, because what we saw, not in my parents, in our family. Like, violence was always the way you gain respect, fighting with your hands, not using words. So I had to unlearn all of that and relearn how to talk to my sisters with respect, not put my hands on them like they bitches off the streets. Uh, you know, fighting the one like like we dogs, pit bulls locking. You know what I mean? Like, I never wanted that to be my relationship with my sisters. I wanted to be best friends because, like, once again, family is who you're born into, but it's who you choose. Because me and my sisters, we didn't have to be friends. We don't have to do everything together. We don't have to go everywhere together. We don't have to see each other all the time because a lot of sisters don't. A lot of sisters hate each other. But my sisters, I have the pleasure of us choosing to be friends, choosing to have that relationship. Uh, people say, even my friends. You know, I get a lot of like. Your family like the Black Brady Bunch, like, your family's so perfect. It's not that. It's the work that people don't see. I don't have to air my sister's business out. If I have a problem with her, I'm communicating that the day I have it. I don't want it to be beef for months. I don't want to not have a relationship and see my sister for months. So I'm going to address it today so we can get over it. We're going to just feel shitty for a moment instead of shitty for months or shitty for a lifetime. When I when I have to be accountable about something, it is shameful. Because you you don't want nobody to have you don't want to have to, nobody to bring you out of character and you don't want nobody to check you, but you also don't want to be a shitty person. You know everybody thinks that they're a good person. Everybody puts that out there like I'm a good person, but when we can be our worst, 
it's shitty. It's nasty. When you when you get to the worst of yourself, it's nasty the things you say and the things you do. I don't ever want to get that way because I want to check it before it gets that. You know what I mean? I want to check the people around me before I have to be that. And coming from my own personal experiences, you know, having to learn myself, being with myself, and living on my own. You know what I mean? I learned a lot. I learned that it's okay to sit in shame and guilt because you learn from me and you grow from me, you know? So when that circumstance or situation happens again, you realize like, oh, whoa, last time the way I handled it or last time the way I reacted, it was, you know, it caused this, it blew up, it hurt people's feelings. So now I bite my tongue. Coming from a person who just used to just talk on impulse, everything I say, everything I felt I would say, you know, not caring about how it made people feel. And to top that, the cherry on it is that sometimes I knew exactly what I was doing. Because growing up with my mom, I used to say certain things because sometimes it was a lot of us, like she said, you know, six of us. My mom would be overwhelmed, and I'd say, okay, I'm not getting good attention, so negative attention, you know? And I know exactly what to say to get on her nerves, and she would just be like, that's enough, that's enough, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, okay, okay, I'll test her. I know when to be quiet and shut up, but it's like sometimes, you know, that's what you want to get. But I feel like I learned from it. I learned that sometimes it's okay to be the bigger person. Sometimes it's okay to say sorry, and that's how you grow. How as me growing up as a child, I used to be the type of person to hold stuff in. I never was like, oh, I was like still a kid. I used to just hold stuff in, hold stuff in. Being around my parents, they was older, so it was always hold stuff in. I, and as I start growing up and being an adult and stuff, I'm like, why am I holding stuff in? Why am I killing myself? Why am I making my chest hurt for things that I don't want to say? But then again, I used to be like, dang, yelling they never got me nowhere either. Arguing never got me nowhere either. So I just came to a conclusion like conversation. It's about conversation. It's a, It's about being an adult. It's about sometimes saying that you're wrong, saying that I know I messed up, you know, things like that. And I think just accountability. We have an episode on that if y'all got to go back and run it back. But accountability for black people is really hard because we don't like to sit in our shame. We don't like to sit in our shit. We don't like to admit like, damn, I fucked up a whole family line because, you know, I fucked up my kids or I fucked up my spouse or I, I fucked up myself. You know, we don't want to admit that to ourselves. So... It's like um, it becomes a part of us to just deny and to put your feelings off, you know. But when you actually are accountable and say, dang, I did fuck up. How can I be a better person? What did I learn from this situation? What can I learn to be better? You know, you can find ways to grow and you start to develop character. You start to develop an honest spirit, a genuine spirit. Anybody can be to get to get, being an angel, but it takes work. People don't want to do work because work is nasty. Work is sweaty. Work is... um. You know, it doesn't smell good. It doesn't feel good to sit in feelings, to sit in shame, to sit in pity. Um, it takes a lot to climb out of that. You know, a lot of people just want to stay in that because it feels good to be the victim. Every time you be the victim, people feel bad for you. Oh, what happened? You know, or what was me or all oh, my life, my poor life. I got bad luck. So when people give you sympathy for that, you get addicted to that. It's like attention seeking. You don't want to grow. Why do I have to grow when everybody always comes to my rescue? Why do I have to grow when everybody, you know, I always have so much to bounce off? Doing your own work is a beautiful thing. It's like, it takes hard to start, but once you do it, it's gonna make for an easier life. In our community in particular, a lot of people don't ever really grow. They don't get that growth because for anybody to check somebody, it's like also holding up a mirror for themselves. So like, if it's a parent to a child, you know, like if your big blinks, if any of your kids is all out of line, you know, the first thing that I always says, like childhood, like everything starts at home, you know? So the way in which you act, you know, your children 
will mimic that, you know? So to correct the bad behavior, to correct the bad behavior is like to correct yourself. And a lot of people, like I said, that growth, that work that you have to do is really hard. It's really difficult to dig down deep and say that this is an ugly person or these are ugly traits. And just because, um, you know, my people like love say this is just who I am. I feel like that's the cop out for growth. That's the cop out for wisdom. That's the cop out for knowledge, you know, because every day should be willing to be better, to do better. And especially when you have children and it's the next generation, you should want them to be better than you. Everybody always says, I want my children to have more than I had, but why not have it? Want your children to be better than you were, you know? I agree. I feel like you can live your life the way you want to want to live it, but I feel like when you have kids, you really have to change. Some people don't change. They be like, this is my life. My kids going to have to deal with it. I'm the parent. But I feel like when you have people looking up to you, especially not just anybody, not just cousins, not just brothers and sisters, like your own children, the kids that you push out, I feel like you typically really have to change your life. You have to, everything you do, they looking at you. You say one cuss word as a kid. Kids be trying to say it. They be trying to pronounce it. They be little babies, one years old. They be trying to say it, you know? So I feel like you have to be role models and you have to really watch everybody, but really watch your kids. Like, you know, they watching, they're going to be adults one day. They're going to be teenagers one day and they're going to do the same thing you did. Cause why? You're the parent. They love you. They want to follow everything that you did. And if you didn't do the right thing or you, do do different things your kids gonna be just like that most of the time exactly and i feel like a lot of people they just condone the bad behavior in families because oh that's just how big mama is or that's just how this auntie is or that's just how that brother is that's just who they are and so they never get to be checked they never get to be accountable like i said if it's family if it's out of love why not check them not why not even check because people feel when you say check somebody people feel like that's real disrespectful you ain't checking shit why not correct you know like you guys both mentioned when you communicate it's taken so offensively how dare you tell me it's like how dare i not if i love you and i see you you if i if we're on the ocean and i see a hole in your boat if i don't tell you that there's a hole in your boat you can drown you could lose your life so why ask when we're family and i see that you acting out of order why can't i bring you back like hey this is not you why you gotta act like that why you gotta be like that and if you don't want to change that's fine but i have every right to choose to who i have around me you know what i mean so a lot of the behavior don't get ever get changed or adjusted because the people around you friends family co-workers they condone it nobody ever want to see you at your best a lot of people they don't want to compete with you when you at your worst when you doing all the wrong things saying all the wrong things always have that cloud of um depression over you people love you but when you're doing better when you want better for yourself when you into things and you isolate yourself you into more healing your heart you're not into the party no more you know it's gonna be lonely because people don't like you. They don't want you to be to the best of your ability. Because then that mean that they got to be to the best of their ability. Just because you do the right thing, that don't make everybody doing the wrong thing right. Even if you're doing the right thing, you got to do it alone. So when sometimes, typically, in a black family, when you make up your mind that a lot of these behaviors are going to stop with me, you do become the black sheep of the family. Because a lot of people think that you think you're better than them. Um, you don't relate to them anymore. It's not about being better. It's about wanting better growing seeing what so many years has caused our family to decay it's like a rotten tooth if i don't get this um if i don't get this dental work all my teeth gonna rot you know what i mean but some people is just so stuck in their ways and so stuck in that family model that family mold that generational mold that never really breaks that it's like i'll I'll let my whole tooth rot and then when i have kids their teeth can rot and when they have kids their teeth can rot but I want to get dental work, you know? And I should, you, if, if I get dental work and you said rotten teeth, it should be okay. I don't think I'm better. I just want dental work, 
you know? I feel like it's a form of generational brainwash. Like, you know what I mean? How the army is, like, just fall in line, fall in line, fall in line, you know? So when somebody starts to ask questions, like, well, why do we do this, you know? It's like you don't ask questions, you just do it, you know? So when you come out and you stand tall and be like, I don't want to do this no more. I want to break this generational curse. They be like, well, who the heck are you? Or you think you better than us, you know what I mean? To try to do something better, you know? It make you think, like, oh, who are you? Or you think you, they're, you're turning your nose up at them. Or like, am I not good enough because I didn't stand up and break generational curses? You know, it's not that. It's just that it's a different generation now. They look at you and think you're different or you think they you think you're better than us. How do I think I'm better than y'all because I don't want to do this? How do I think I'm better than y'all because I don't want to do this? I want to choose to be to be different. I want my life to be like this. I don't want my life to be like everybody else's. The way grandma's life was or grandpa's life was or great-great-grandma's life was. How do I, how am I, how do I think I'm different because I want to change my life and I want to be different? I don't want to do that. So many people are, just like Ray Ray said, so many people are generational brainwashed. Oh, just because five, five, five generations before you did this, why do I have to do it? I don't want to do that. I want to be different. So just because you do that, oh, yo, you different. Oh, you, you not like the family. Okay, I can be different. That's fine. That just always leads back to family is who you choose. It's the people that relate to you. It's the people that know you when you're not saying anything. That can read you when you don't say anything. That know when you're angry. People think this is just intimate relationships, but it's not. People being able to read you. I can read Big Blinks. I can read Ray Ray. At any given point in time, I know when they're happy. I know when they're upset. I know when they're glad. I know when they're sad. I know when they're just not fucking around for the day. And that's something that takes work, even to get to know other people. To get that deep. When you get deep with yourself and take a dive with yourself, it opens up a lot you know people they put so much energy into being negative it takes twice the energy of being negative as it does to be positive why not just be why not just be positive a lot of people feel like they gotta work for work work for so much when happiness is just a choice it's something that you do every day and sometimes you gotta fake it till you make it you might not feel happy every day but if you find something to be grateful for if you find you know people to be grateful for things to be thankful for being able to have shelter you know being able to be happy you know being able to live out your dreams find something to be happy for having your own housing having a bucket if you if you have a bike and you used to walk that's even something to be thankful for it don't have to be nothing big being thankful to be alive you know because as you see the world keeps turning relationships in relationships sour relationships spoil but like if you have a few solid people in your corner you actually winning everybody going crazy by the day everybody losing their mind you know if you really have people genuinely you don't want your ego or your pride to sever those relationships and sever those ties. People that you never had an issue with, all of a sudden you letting your ego cloud your judgment. You letting emotions get the best of you. You making permanent decisions about people in your life based on temporary emotions or you're acting out. You're burning a bridge because you're too you're too busy being in your emotions. And instead of doing your work, you're okay with saying, hell, oh, well, they don't deserve to be in my life. A lot of the, the thing we hear every year is I'm cutting them off. I'm cutting them off. Why every year? The common denominator of all your drama and all your trauma is you. If the common if the common denominator of every issue, you, you find yourself blaming somebody, you're never, ever, ever responsible for nothing. That's already a childish mentality. When you do things wrong, you're going to own up to it, you know? You got to fess up because you're going to be finding yourself 30, 40, 50 years old still acting like a child still 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 running your life with emotions still ruining relationships because the child in you has never had a chance to heal you still lashing out because you're upset rejection happens to us all you hear you're gonna hear more no's in your life than you're gonna hear yes if you react like from zero to 100 in every situation that's exhausting 
how do you have energy to do anything positive or, or produce anything if you always using all that to just be a negative mean person to ruin relationships to ruin opportunities for yourself because you can't control your mouth because you can't control your anger because you can't control anything imagine how that imagine how that ruins your life imagine what that looks like and then you have the you know you have the guts to bring a life into the world and you're not teaching them anything but how to ruin everything they have so it's like everything is up to us it's all a choice and it's our responsibility if you're going to bring life into the world if you're going to be um an example in any way just for yourself for your own mental health practice peace everybody don't need a response everything don't need a reaction every situation don't need an answer from you sometimes silence is the best sometimes just disconnecting people are so obsessed with social media um the most likes the most attention like that they it's a fantasy world now people people um disconnect just to plug on just to connect to the internet to connect to fake people got people that you love staring in your face every day but you rather connect to people that don't exist don't care so it's just something as a community we have to work on of learning how to swallow your pride learning how to swallow your ego learning how to deal with whatever feelings you feel and of course it's, it takes practice because if you were never taught how to express anger if you were never taught to even understand and pinpoint what kind of emotions you may be feeling it will be hard but as an adult it's your responsibility to heal those nasty wounds and clean all that shit up you know so it just takes a willingness to do so and wanting to be better always awareness is power you have to remember that awareness is power so when you always keep that to the forefront of how am i speaking how does this not only just sending the message how is this person hearing it am i being respectful because it's not what you say honestly it's how you say it, how you deliver something you can have the utmost respect and always tell the truth how are you saying it always check yourself so that nobody has to check you you know what i mean and that's your power your power is being able to control yourself being aware of what you're saying being aware of what you're doing and being aware of how you present and how you affect the world If there was somebody who actually burned a bridge, do you think there's ever a way to repair or patch that relationship? And if so, how? Um, I believe it's possible, yeah. It just depends on what they did, if they apologized for it. Um, if we can overcome the situation. I agree with that. I feel like for certain people, though, because, you know, you probably commend it and be like, okay, yeah, we're past this, but you're still going to be thinking about it. So for me, I feel like personally... If you burn a bridge with me, I'd rather just let it go, you know, because it's going to be too much me wondering and I don't really trust you completely. So I feel like for other people, probably they could work it out. But for me personally, no. I think it will work in stages like for number one, don't just apologize or explain. You got to make amends. If you want to restore a relationship, you got to demonstrate goodwill and actions, not just, oh, I'm sorry, but then you do the same thing. Or, you know, oh, my bad, and then you do the same thing. You have to really show change behavior because I, I believe that change behavior is the greatest apology you can give somebody. Like, you know, at this time in my life, I wasn't doing the best or I wasn't, you know, feeling the best. So I lashed out on people and I apologize that you were somebody that I took my anger out on or my sadness out on or my depression out on. That takes a big person, you know? So I think for the person that you want to rekindle a relationship with, seeing you be a bigger person, seeing you be accountable and actually... Um, responsible for the things that you said or did or whatever the case may be I feel like that that can be a start towards somebody saying oh well they never apologized so that's the start you know 
I think also you got to be ready to be specific about your mistakes, especially in relationships too. A lot of relationships, people want to say, I'm sorry. Or sorry about what, you know? You got to be specific. I'm sorry that, you know, I stole your money. Or I'm sorry that, you know, I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm sorry I broke your heart. I'm sorry I cheated. Whatever. I'm sorry I stole from you. Like, you have to be specific because nothing worse. No, no, there's nothing worse than somebody you hurting somebody and then you act like it don't matter or it wasn't a big deal oh you know i didn't mean to take your money i just really needed to pay my rent you know oh you know that's not me but i just need to know that like that is you that's your character i think you got to keep the finger pointing to a minimum and just accept responsibility don't dwell on the problems at least try you know and like the big you know kicker for the night be accountable and then all in all just like ray ray said and i'm kind of on that same wave Sometimes the bridge may never be repaired. People are allowed to have boundaries in their lives and not choose to accept bad behavior. And you have to live with that and realize that you have to be better in order to sustain sustain great relationships. That sometimes you have to be better. You got to stretch yourself. And people that, like for me, and the point in my life that I'm in, like I said, I know how much work I had to work on. I know how much things I had to, you know, get under control. So I know for a fact that I can't have nobody... I'm, I'm not saying like bad days, you know, I'm not like that strict. Like you can have bad days. You could be yourself. Every day not going to be perfect. I don't expect you to be rainbows or sunshines, but I'm talking about just the common respect, the common denominators that you bring me out of character. You know, I don't have time for that. Like I'm at the point where you have to be able to know who you are to be around me because I know who I am and I need you to be fully confident in the fact that you won't waver. No matter what happens, because it's like life gonna always happen to you. It's about how you respond. Cause something gonna always something it's something that happens to you almost every day that could push you to go out of character. And it's about what you choose, how you choose to respond. That's gonna make me a bit nearer. I agree to that, cause I feel like some people be like, oh, don't do this, cause other people are gonna see, you know, or other people are gonna do this. And I'll be like, well, what does it matter what other people think? I feel like the people that mind what you do they don't matter and the people that matter they don't mind what you do because they accept you at your complete you know okay i know he has this and flaws or she has this or they he she we whatever it is you know but they have this but i accept them how they are so i feel like that's you know has a factor as well that's just true i just think you know a lot of people even in my life and my experience i know that the world gonna be full of evil all the time like at all times and you know it is about what person you feed the most are you gonna feed the good person are you gonna let that person shine through every day where you're motivating and you're uplifting and you're trying to make the best out of no matter what kind of lemons you you have you're trying to make the most out of that you know you're trying to make lemonade every day or are you the person that's just gonna always see everything half empty because that's draining to be around that like i said I don't expect every day to be perfect. I don't expect you to be in a chipper mood, but like to always complain, to always see a half empty, to always have a problem with somebody. You got to start checking yourself. That's what you do. You know, you do a kind of a diagnostic of yourself. Like, what am I feeling? What am I going through to lash out on everybody? Because how am I having a problem with so many different characters, so many different people, so many different personalities? Has to be me. People don't want to take that glass and look inward. You know, it just feels better to blame, blame, blame. That's fine. Like I always say, what happened to you in childhood is not your fault, but your adulthood to clean all that nasty shit that you learned, to unlearn, to relearn, that's your responsibility. And if you plan on be bringing life into this world, or if you already brought life into this world, it's definitely your responsibility and your duty to make sure that your children have somebody to look up to because they're going to mimic. 
right, wrong, or indifferent, they're going to mimic and they're going to repeat and copy everything that you do. So what are you putting out there? What are you giving? Well, you know, what are you showing? What are they mimicking? What are they seeing? Because everybody want to say, like, just like Big Blinks mentioned, this is who I am. Everybody, as you get older, you should... It should be wisdom. It should be experience. So you should be able to tweak and adjust and learn. Eventually, you're going to settle down and grow into your ways and, and you know, be calm. But then you're going to have this generation of children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren who don't know how to act. And it all stems from your tree. So what kind of fruit do you want to bear? Do you want to bear those fruitful trees, the, the, the trees that feed many, the tree of life, the tree of nourishment? Or do you want to bear that rotten apple? Because everything is up to you. It all takes a decision from all of us to determine how we gonna show up in the world and how you show up in the world is also how your ancestors gonna show up in the world and if you don't make a conscious decision to show up in the world positively we're gonna constantly have the generational curse of burning bridges for people that really matter and not having those relationships because remember family ties get you far having good relationships and good um people in your life to encourage you get you far and you can't take that for granted because it's so many people willing to um willing to help you burn the bridges then help helping you repair Anybody condoning bad behavior, that's not nobody you need to be around. Well, family, we reached the end of our first episode of season two. To get in touch with us, you can email us at officialairtfout at gmail.com, Facebook at Air the Fuck Out Podcast, IG at Air the Fuck Out Podcast. TikTok at Air the Fuck Out Podcast and Bigo at Air the Fuck Out Podcast. Remember that we do this for the love, not the likes. We do this for the people and not the paper. I'm committed to healing the black community one episode at a time. Once again, it's your girl, Queen Smoke, Big Bleaks, and Ray Ray. Thank y'all. See y'all next week. It's a wrap. Woo!